of Create Your Life with your host, Tessa Lloyd. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today, the Wadarong people of the Wadarong Aboriginal Corporation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. Today we welcome Alira Potter, who has given up her valuable time and energy to be with us today. I am so honoured to have her here and just want to tell you a little bit about her before we get going. Um, Alira is a woman who I have watched over the past few years absolutely blossom. Um, And if she was a butterfly coming out of a cocoon like the most recent months that I've known her, it would have been like a butterfly tearing through the cocoon. She has grown so much and shown us all so many important lessons. And it just brings me so much joy to have her here. She is doing wonderful work decolonizing the wellness space. Um, as well as bringing a really wonderfully unique and authentic flavor to her work in this space. She is a proud Yorta Yorta woman, a truth-talking sass queen, and a badass, (laughs) deeply connected to her intuition and celebrates diversity of all kinds, which is something that I truly admire and I'm learning from all the time. Alira is paving a path of change wherever she goes. So I'm pretty proud to know her and I'm pretty proud to have her here with us today. So a huge welcome to you, beautiful Alira. I'm so excited. I'm I so just excited. love talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. Before this episode, me and Alira have had a very like hardcore deep chat already. Um, and so I finally was like, yeah, better press record or we can just talk for the rest of the day. Um, we've got some pretty beautiful things to talk about today, um, which is a, a pretty big honour for me because I met Alira more than two years ago now. And I was just saying to her before we hopped on how our meeting story and our story of knowing each other is so indicative of the work that we've been doing on ourselves and in terms of our our purpose and our place in the world. So I met Alira, we were out at a club and we were like, I don't know if you were drinking vodka raspberries or whatever, but I definitely know I was, um, which is just a completely different space to what we're in now. Um, Mm. And we've just both been on this journey and we're in this place now where we're really, you know, valuing completely different things I would say I don't want to speak for you but life has really changed and I've been able to see your life change as well um and you know we're at the point where we're hoping to hold a workshop together once um COVID (laughs) disappears and it's pretty lovely to look back and be like we met on a dance floor Mm -hmm. we were in very probably weird ways I would say in um Mm -hmm. in terms of our mental space and the way we were showing up in the world and now it's like 
yeah, it's kind of cool that we're both like, yeah, we're here and we've got things to do. And there's only so many vodka raspberries that one can have before we're like, <laughs> yeah, we have shit to do. All right. We've got a, we've got a purpose. So my first thing that I really want to know is, was there a, was there a big moment for you where you felt like things needed to change or were there little moments that kind of added up that brought you to a point of, oh, okay, something needs to, you know, I've got to shift something here. Mm, I think it was like those little moments that led up to something big that mm. made me just go, okay, you need to change something. Otherwise you're going to end up like dead. It was mm. just, it was that sort of mindset that I had to be in to be like, you have to make changes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, crazy to think that we met on a dance <laughs> Um, probably in like my darkest days. Um, yeah, when I was just in that heavy party scene. Um, but yes, it probably, it was probably the biggest moment that happened at the start of the year. And I'm so open and transparent to people where I say I went on, I was like towards the end of a really tough sort of mental health week for me. And as you do, you just spiral and you look for an outlet and my outlet was alcohol and drugs and just being an idiot. And I said to my friends looking back on it, I'm like, I went on a four day bender. I went on a four day bender and it was between Geelong and Melbourne and I just partied for four days straight. And it wasn't until the last day of that bender, I was just like wide awake because I was just so high. And I just was like, what the hell are you doing with your life? What the hell are you doing? Like you are wasting, you're wasting away and you're wasting just so much good in you and potential and growth. And it was in that moment that I was like, you need to make changes. Mm. Now COVID for some people has, has been not a blessing, but for me it has been a blessing because if that, if COVID didn't happen, I would not have stopped drinking Mm. because I put my mental health first in that respect. So the week after, I think that's when we all went into like isolation after my four day bender. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just like, I'm not going to drink because I don't want to be putting this position where I live by myself. I don't want to be drinking all the time. I just don't want to like, you know, end up really hurting myself, so to speak. Yeah. So I went sober and it was just the best thing I ever did. I changed that relationship with alcohol mm. um, and I just looked after myself, but I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm perfect and I'm completely healed. I think everyone's got really healing to do for the rest of their life, but yeah. Um, it was probably, that was the biggest moment was like the four day bender Mm. of just four day bender at the time. It was like fun, but looking back, it was four days of hell. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you've acknowledged that you got to a point where I think that's an inner knowing that you have more to offer than what, you know, than having those benders. And I Mm. think that's something that a lot of us can ignore at times. Like we get, you know, we get slight inklings that, okay, maybe things could be different and maybe I've got more mm-hmm. to offer. Um, but I think a lot of us ignore them and just keep numbing out and, and doing what we're doing as a way of, as a way of coping, I think, mm-hmm. with this world. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I just, um, I didn't want to be doing that during this year. I didn't want to be like numbing myself Mm. with alcohol and drugs. And I just thought if I don't get myself out of this like hole, then I'm going to be stuck in this hole forever. And I'm, you know, there's a potential that I may not come out of it because I'm just so consumed by alcohol and drugs and partying and just being an absolute idiot that I make those changes. And it was hard because I mean, it hasn't been like the most beautiful journey. I've lost heaps of friends. I've had some crazy growth. I've had just really, it's been a roller coaster, like Mm. ups, downs, but I I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it. I just, yeah, like you've said, you've seen it from the outside that my growth has just gone crazy this year. But Unbelievably. I love that you say you're transparent about, your journey, because I think that number one, people so connect with that. I mean, how many of us have been on those benders and, and decided that it wasn't making us feel that great? I think there's really something to be said about being transparent about your journey and really removing that guilt and shame from it. Yeah, I think if I wasn't transparent, imagine. I'm always in the back of my mind. Like, imagine if the people that really knew me during that time were coming forth and being like, oh, my God, if you only knew her. Mm. Like, if I wasn't being transparent from the get-go and saying, hey, like, I used to, like, be an absolute, like, sesh gremlin. I was, like, (laughs) an animal. Um, Then I think I would have had to, yeah, it would, would be an uncomfortable conversation. But, yeah. For me, it was like in my values to make sure that I'm transparent and telling people, yes, I had a drug problem. Yes, I had an alcohol problem. Yes, I fucked up. Mm. I'm acknowledging that. And then it's just people can take it however they want at Mm. the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's such a beautiful way to operate, Alira, that people can take it how they want to. But what's pretty wonderful is that there are so many people who will connect with this and do connect with your story and they're the people who we're speaking to. You know, people have obviously got their own stories about, um, you know, like quotation marks, airing your dirty laundry and things. Mm. But I would like to think that as time's going on, we're airing our dirty laundry for a purpose and that is Mm -hmm. to connect with others and show them that it doesn't have to be the end and this this isn't the life script that's been Mm. written for you necessarily. Yeah, I think that's really lovely that you're transparent about that. A lot of people have these stories that if they could only tell them, I just wonder how many people would be inspired and helped by that. That's it. Yeah, honesty and transparency. I just felt like, yeah, that's the key. And the reality is, like, my business model is all about helping people and ensuring that people are, you know, living their best lives, so to speak. So Mm. I want to make sure that I'm transparent and saying, yeah, I lived a hard life. Mm. And I'm like, I turned my life around so you can do it too. Yeah, exactly. What a blessing for your clients. I just realized, I'm wondering, can you tell us a little bit about your work? Because I haven't Mm. led with that. I'll do a bit of an intro at the start. But yeah, because you're doing some beautiful (laughs) things in terms of working as well. I know. It's it's a little bit crazy. Someone asked 
me the other day. They were like, so tell us about yourself. What do you do? And I was like, <laughs> well, I do lots. And they were like, come on now. And I was like, well, so meditation teacher, I'm a healer, like Reiki energy healing work. Mm-hmm. Um, also do psychic readings for people as well too. I'm a life coach, so specialize in mindset and things like that, which is amazing. And then I, yeah, and then I work, I guess, within that Aboriginal space as well. So I just try and make sure that my services are culturally safe and culturally appropriate as possible for mob and all my services. I try and ensure that they are, I guess, affordable, if not free especially for mob that may have been where I was 12 months ago that wanting to change but couldn't afford, you know, to dabble into that holistic side of trying to look after yourself more than anything. So um, do lots. (laughs) You have many different hats and you wear them beautifully and you, like, I can attest to this, that watching you crowdfund events for, you know, so many wonderful people so that they have access has just been the coolest thing, Alira. And I think that's been a really big, um, you know, game changer for a lot of people to see that. And I, yeah. I think you were one of the first few that I saw these events were really like being advocated for. Um, yeah. Which I really loved. I just really love seeing that it takes, it's, changing the money story and it's changing the way that we view events it's like paying it forward right like that beautiful yeah. notion of paying it forward with a coffee um yeah and that's, that's just it. really showing what a compassionate empathetic person you are yeah and i say to people like i'm not in the work that i do for the money i'm in it because i want to make sure that my brothers and sisters have access to my services and whatever services that there may be. And I guess just given the current circumstances of 2020 with Black Lives Matter and things like that, I guess mm-hmm. my voice got amplified in certain spaces in the wellness space that I'm trying to decolonize in that respect. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it's only my duty that I have to practice what I preach. So I have to make sure my services are just, you know, that culturally safe and appropriate and accessible and whatnot. So I came up with that. Okay. If you want to buy a session, would you like to also pay it forward as well too for a mm-hmm. session for you know, a young brother or a young sister just so they can come into my services in a safe space um, and just be, yeah, as comfortable as possible. So it's just, it's, yeah, it's crazy. So it's really good. But I, yeah, love what I do. (laughs) I love watching what you do. And I love that, I love that your voice was amplified. And I remember reading that you wrote, I I can't quote you word for word and I'm sorry if I misquote you, but you said, you know, it's great to finally be listened to because Mm. I remember a time when I was considered an angry Aboriginal woman and now my Mm -hmm. voice is being heard. uh, And, you know, it's such a shame that it took so long Mm. for it to be amplified, but it's been so sick seeing that happen for you because it's time for us to listen. Yeah. I'm also wondering how your attitudes towards these conversations has changed because you do advocate for so many um, different, you know, socio groups. And I'm just wondering how you navigate these conversations because I love your style in discussing these things. It's a Mm. really compassionate style that you have. Yeah, I, 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 
this is a good, that's a good question because I think honestly, it was a way that I was brought up. My mum had always said to me, you give someone the time of day, no matter their color of their skin, what their opinion is, where they're from, mm. you listen to what they have to say and you can agree or disagree with their opinion. And it doesn't matter as long as you just are creating space for that person, so to speak. So when I guess my voice got amplified. I was in a position where I was not only speaking for Indigenous people, but it then sort of walked down the avenue of talking in regards for women and things like that. And it's just like, okay, this is pretty intense stuff. Um, And I just think I have to be open-minded and compassionate no matter the person's opinion. I'm always going to listen to someone without sort of throwing shade their way, so to speak. I loved watching you do your thing where you would say like, yes, I hear your fear. Like you come at it from this real place of I hear your fear and Mm. we are all human and no one likes to be scared. Fear is okay, but what is not okay is this, Mm. this and this. And I love that. It was just this really, um, like you said, compassionate to both sides way of thinking because that's how we move forward is to, to understand and to pull back that, you know, fear that just, it's not always just fear that makes people do ridiculous, Mm -hmm. awful things, but sometimes it is. And I love that you come at it from such a, an understanding place. I think I have to though. It's almost like, um, you know, inside of me, I'm like, I want to get these people, you know, on my side, so to speak. I want them to understand, you know, situations and um, I need them to just be on my side. And I say to people, it's, we're going to have this uncomfortable conversation. That's the only way we're going to do it. Um, But it's okay. It's okay that you're uncomfortable and it's okay that you're not educated and it's okay that you haven't done this and haven't done that. It's like, now's the time to just make those small little changes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. you're such a gem I'm like sitting here glowing <laughs> at you while you're speaking it's that is if imagine the way that we could change things if and I have this when I talk about um you know my sexuality it's okay if you've been on autopilot and you didn't know that what you were saying hurts or or contributes to a bigger problem but I'm showing up and I you know now so if you know and you continue to do something that hurts someone intentionally, that's mm-hmm. when it crosses the line to this is where you need to take responsibility or mm-hmm. you are contributing to a very big problem. That's it. Exactly that. Um, and I'm glad that my voice did get amplified. I just felt like I was one of the the good ones that just sort of was like, I'm just going to, you know, allow space for everybody and you can take it or leave it. Um, but again. I'm not going to like, you know, make everyone feel like it's, you know, wholesome and love and light and all that sort of stuff. I want to make people uncomfortable so then they, they can just acknowledge absolutely everything. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had this conversation the other day with a friend where if we could sit with discomfort a little more, I wonder how things could change because things are real, like things are changing, aren't they? And thank God. And these conversations that we, a lot of us have never had before are happening. And there are moments, like I have moments where, um, like an example was, you know, learning about uh, people who don't identify as a woman menstruating. Mm -hmm. And that was a big thing for me to learn about that I hadn't really delved into. 
And I had this insight into where people get pulled up and you make a choice where you either sit with the discomfort and Mm -hmm. learn or you turn to, it turns into that fear-based shame, blame. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing is they're not sitting with the discomfort of when it was brought to my attention, I felt this pang of, and I think I would call it shame that I was Mm -hmm. ashamed I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But I was like, there it is. That's that feeling. I'm feeling mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Work with this instead of, oh, are you fucking serious? Are you really going to bring that up? Or are you really going to mm-hmm. do this, this and this? It's that ability to sit with it. And I love that you've mentioned like, let's get uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, because the spiritual like highway is, um, can lead to really dangerous roads where I'm like, yeah, feel mm-hmm. good vibes. Mm-hmm. It really hurts someone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's, oh, I could go on about that. But that was another thing with my business model. I didn't want to be love and light because yeah. I don't believe there is full love and light in the spiritual world. I feel like that, you know, yeah, people need to be a little bit more real in that space. Definitely. In that respect, yeah. So, yeah, being uncomfortable is okay. It's just how are we going to get anywhere if you're not uncomfortable? Exactly. Mm. And you've talked a little bit about your uh, mental health and how it was kind of at a bit of a rock bottom when mm-hmm. I met you. How has your mental health changed over time and how has your mental health experiences kind of shaped where you are today? Mm, I think it's changed because I allowed myself to like number one be vulnerable and be okay that I wasn't well um I learned that it's okay to go and seek help Mm. I think my pride got in the way so many times where I was like I don't need help I can do this myself like I don't need this um, where this, you know, towards the end of last year, this, the start of this year, I was like, no, you need to go and get help. You need to go get a mental health care plan. Mm. If you get, you know, prescribed medication, take it. There's nothing wrong with that. And I just was like, it's okay. It's okay. I think I just made up in my mind that, you know, I was not normal if I, you know, was just, yeah, I just didn't think it was normal to be on medication and go and see a psychologist. And now I'm thinking it's actually not normal if you don't. Like, exactly. you know yes. I mean? Only everyone knew how very okay it is to seek that help and to um, take the advice that you're given. Yeah. 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 So the mental health journey, it's always going to be a tricky one for me. I think think that's from past experience and from trauma um I lost my mum at a young age I was married then divorced it's just like I feel like I'm always going to have not issues but I'm always going to have like you know shit weeks shit days because that's just the way that my brain is built unfortunately um and that is a-okay it's just a matter of me making sure that I'm you know self-caring looking after myself and just trying to acknowledge (laughs) which this week has been that week um and acknowledge that you know I'm not well so to speak yeah Yeah. I like to think of it as like a not a cycle but it's this process that we're flowing through and the more that we can um, I guess kind of, accept's a pretty heavy word, but yeah, for lack of a better word, accept that this is something that does happen. It really removes that kind of to and fro struggle that some of us have with our mental health. 
and kind of lets us come at it from an empathetic place. That, okay, it's all right. You're feeling like this. You can mm -hmm. do this. We're, sit, we're going to sit in this. We're going to process it. We're going to do mm -hmm. what we can to feel better and know that we'll pop out the other side. Mm -hmm. 100%. And it's, yeah, that's what I had to get uncomfortable with was just learning to be vulnerable, which is something that just was never in my vocabulary at all. <laughs> um, I'd never sort of speak up and say to, you know, friends and family, I'm not feeling the greatest. I don't feel well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm still on the journey. I'm not going to sit here and, yeah, say that I'm fully, you know, 100% present and happy because I'm, yeah, I'm still working on my overall, like, mental health because you have to, yeah. especially given all these factors that are around us at the moment that are impacting it. So, um, yeah, it's important. And it's a beautiful thing to know in itself that we don't have to, it's kind of like where we want to get to the destination as quick as we mm -hmm. can. And, you know, and that's what the, the point of it all is, but like we always get told it's about the journey. And sometimes that's the thing with mental health is learning to coexist with, what goes on with your mental mm -hmm. health and know that your life can still be so beautiful in the meantime, instead of trying to obtain this, you know, oasis that, mm -hmm. you know, rarely ever happens. Um, but it doesn't mean that we can't still live a beautiful life while managing our mental health in, in healthy ways. That's it. I agree. I totally agree. And I'm pretty like transparent about that. I think to all my socials, I'm like, it's okay to be medicated. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to do this. And you just, you really have to look after yourself. And I mean, if this year hasn't, you know, given people that uncomfortableness to sort of be like, I need to look after my well-being, then, yeah. you know, yeah, it's crazy. Mm. But, mm. Mm. And do you feel like that's, been your biggest taking from it that you'll continue with through your mental health journey is that it's okay to be vulnerable about it yeah 100 percent. it's okay to be vulnerable and it's just yeah you have to be because I was a sort of person and I think I still am like I'll just sort of suppress those emotions and be like I'll deal with them another day I don't have the time for that <laughs> um so yeah yeah 100 percent agree yeah. yeah I think that's something that comes up time and time again is because I, in this mental health group that I'm running, I'm constantly like, yes, let's get vulnerable. Let's talk about this stuff because like I'm pretty obsessed with Brene Brown's work and I really try and embody it a bit is that like we're removing shame and so many heavy emotions from it if we can be open and vulnerable. And, and then I, you know, release my women back out into the world after our group sessions and sometimes they come back and there's, they've been shamed about feeling emotion or being told not to be so sensitive and mm -hmm. um, oh, are you really crying again or something like that. And it, it is still happening where we're, we're mm -hmm. still learning and we're still kind of, I guess, trying to support people to support us in being okay with our emotions as well because I think that's mm -hmm. something that, people can find really tricky in supporting someone with mental health issues is mm -hmm. that like, you know, looking after their emotions can be a really tough gig or, mm -hmm. you know, supporting them as much as we can. But I always found the biggest thing with my ex-partner is that she always let me sit in, sit in the emotions, not dwell or ruminate or like mm -hmm. seek out the pain of it, but would just be like, yeah, that's cool. 
that's cool if mm-hmm. you feel like that. And then I would be like, okay, it's cool. I feel like this. Mm-hmm. And often that would be enough to, you know, really take the heaviness out of it and let it go. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause that's been my week this week. I said to you earlier, I was like, I didn't realize I was having such a shit week until yeah. like today I was just couldn't get out of bed until after 12 and I just wasn't feeling myself. And I said to my girlfriend, you know, I don't feel myself. And she's like, yep, I've known all week. Like you just needed to sort of figure that out. And I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know now. I'm in the same <laughs> Yeah. It's just like, I'll sit with this and yeah. just work through it. But there's nothing wrong with that. And I just feel like, yeah, people need to just break that stigma around being vulnerable as well too. Like it is a-okay. It's okay to go home and cry. Like it's okay to sit there and just lay in bed all day. There's nothing wrong with that. It's exactly. just, yeah. yeah, if that's going to give you a little bit of nourishment and a little bit more energy, then fuck, do it. yeah yeah and often the reasons we aren't doing it is because somewhere along the line we learned and internalized that our way of our natural way of coping wasn't okay like sometimes you just need a doona day where you hang Mm -hmm. out in bed or you know sometimes you need to come back to yourself other times you need to communicate with others about it and if you feel a bit unsure about how to cope with things quite often it's because we've you know, we've kind of been bagged out for how we were managing that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, do we have a fear of being lazy or considered lazy? Do we have Mm -hmm. a fear of not being productive enough or um, to take up too much space with our emotions? Like, are you feeling just scared Mm -hmm. of of something that, that another person's made you feel scared of? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I've experienced everything that you've just said. I'm like, it's the guilt. It was the guilt thing for me too. And I was like, if I'm having a bad day, like just get up and go and do stuff. And it's like, I didn't actually allow my body to rest when it was screaming for rest or my brain, so to speak, to rest. Um, I just had those, that guilty feeling. And I'm like, you've got things to do. You've got to be productive. Um, But in hindsight, you know, you should just acknowledge if you're feeling shit. Um, and if you do need that downtime, then do it. There's just, there shouldn't be anything wrong with that. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, a lot of people have got a lot to learn in that space as well too. Cause I've still got friends in that sort of space that are like, no, like I'm not even acknowledging it or anything like that. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like I support that. But yeah. yeah. I think that, Yeah, I think that along the way we learn how to, I'm trying to say this clearly, we learn how to ride that line because sometimes it's a fine line between, so for example, and this is what's tricky is when you feel like shit, you don't really feel like figuring out both sides of the line. We, um, there are times when getting out and about does make you feel better. And, you know, the productive productivity boost does make you feel better or getting out for a walk um, helps or whatnot. And it's all about being really discerning and like going off your gut instinct and what is making you feel better in that moment as opposed to having a strict structure or, you know, I always get mm. told, I mean, asked about what my ideal morning routine is to support pe- people's mental mm-hmm. health or night routine, but it changes. And this is what we need to get used to is we're riding this line of, okay, do I need a rest or am I wanting to withdraw and not do anything? And is that going to contribute to, you know, 
me not feeling so good? Or do I actually really need to do nothing and it's going to be the best thing for me? Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, yeah. We could like have a whole like workshop on that. (laughs) (laughs) Literally for people like it's hard. It is hard. And mental health is hard too. It's, it's hard. And I just wish people, more people would speak up about it more than anything. I just feel like so many people hide. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably an important one to take from today is that it's about finding your people who you can open up to Mm. um, and being, you know, being clever in the people that you choose because otherwise we feel a bit yuck when we reach out and it's not um, taken well. But there is, you know, I think the things that some others feel shame about still, I don't blink twice about now. Like I see a therapist and openly see a therapist I have for years and I don't think about it at all. And I talk about when I feel like crap quite easily and yeah, well, you're exactly right. We could have a whole nother workshop. <laughs> a whole nother workshop. Be vulnerable about your mental health. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm going to move on to the next question, my dear. <clears throat> what do you wish you knew when you were younger? Um, oh, I love this question because, I don't know, I just feel like I grew up with a mum who was just so transparent about everything that there was no shame or anything like that or worry or I don't know. So <laughs> that's a tricky one. I think for I me... Pardon? That's so beautiful that your mum Yeah. So transparent. Like people were just like, how is this relationship a mother-daughter mm-hmm. relationship where there was just so much transparency and so much openness without judgment as well yeah. too um, that I don't know if there is anything that I would sort of tell my younger self maybe like to just stress less, like don't worry that things are out of your control more than anything. Um, But yeah, I grew up with a really cool mum that was just like, you do you, if you fuck up, you fuck up. We come back, we talk about it. And we like sit in how you're feeling. How weird is that for a mum to do that? So cool, Lily. Like so cool. I don't think that way you're such a badass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. I think think that's why I'm so like independent and I'm just like, can do my own little thing as well mm. too. She, I'll never forget the first day I like I wagged school, and I just remember coming home and be like, "Well, I wagged a couple of periods today," <laughs> and she was like, oh, "Okay, how did that make you feel?" And I was like, "Oh, like it was good, it was boring." And she's like, "Do you think you'd do it again?" And I was like, "Nah, like there was just no point." Like I feel like normal parents That's would so be like, cool. "You're grounded." Yeah, yeah. I love mm. that, and it doesn't mm. make you want to do it again to rebel. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly that's pretty beautiful that like a lot of people are like oh god if I could go back mm-hmm. and tell myself I'd be like don't date this person um hey you're probably going to come out of the closet soon so like yeah. exploring that um <laughs> hey you can like you know say this to your parents or whatever but the fact mm-hmm. that you can really feel that like you were set up quite well as a child to like 
be adjusted to this life is yeah yeah and I think I was set up to be adjusted to almost like as cliche as it sounds like you know live with no regrets sort of thing mum just sort of put me in that world to be like just live your life however you want to live it and if you fuck up it's not the end of the world so just don't live with those regrets Mm. and I think I've always just carried that from a young age that I've just been like oh well like what's the worst that can happen you know I'm like fuck up or something like that I don't know but it's definitely sort of shaped me to be the person that I am and the most compassionate open-minded person as well too yeah I think that's really lovely because that's a lesson I like have literally written it under my bathroom um, mirror so I see it every day is that it's okay to go out and live your life and let go and and fuck up as you said mm-hmm. like there is a certain um I think there's a certain amount of safety that we need to feel free to play and be able to play and you know really let go um but I yeah I just felt myself mm-hmm. recently get to a point I'm like I'm trying to hold this entire ship down like an actual boat ship not um mm-hmm. this entire <laughs> thing down you know, with the masks and everything. And like, if I can just hold it all together, then I won't be hurt and I won't have to pick myself up. But it just doesn't work like that. We have to, like you said, like your mum was saying, just go out, live your life. If you fuck up, come back and we'll talk Mm -hmm. about it. And it's a beautiful way of how, you know, ideally we'd always be able to remember to metaphorically go out there and then come back Mm -hmm. And when you need to talk about it, you will. And that's why it's also super important to have your people there because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, if I've like fallen down very recently and I had to pick myself up and my people picked me up and I was in so much emotional pain, but we can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we can do it. A lot of us can do it with the resources that we have. And if we don't have those resources and that's why it's like you have been working on developing Mm. resources for yourself that's it 100 100 percent. it's the resources definitely yeah Yeah. otherwise it's yeah you can you can see people you like can tell they want to just have a boogie in their lounge room Mm -hmm. or sing in the shower or um just you know fuck around with their partner and just really bring that play into their relationship but they're just you know if i could just hold tight nothing could go wrong it just doesn't it doesn't happen we can't anticipate it yeah exactly that um okay this is one of my favorite questions so what's really cool is i still remember when you messaged me and you were like I'm into girls. And I was like, <laughs> I fucking love that because I'm into girls too. I'm propping this. And, um, and you were very open about it and very cool mm-hmm. about coming out. And I love that you didn't mm-hmm. particularly come out. You were just like, I'm into women. And mm-hmm. it was just a very natural thing. And I'll never forget it. Um, I just want to talk to you a little bit about mm. that because I think that's been a really cool process to watch and I'm wondering my first question is what is your favorite thing about women oh my god favorite thing about women um I love that I guess being now with a woman yeah. I just feel like I can be my 100% authentic self with no bullshit yeah women don't give a fuck mm-hmm. whereas like 
I don't know with men, I felt like I had the pressure as well to just to like make sure that I've got makeup on and do this and do that. Whereas like the one thing I love about women is we all are just like, Oh, we don't care. Like, you know, it is what it is, but, um, I don't know. Yeah. So liberating. It's like, Oh, this is me. Literally like, Oh, I don't care. Whatever. And like, yeah, she's the same. She's like, yeah. But that's what I love about women. I just, I don't know. It's taken me a while to just be like, oh, okay, you really like girls, like women. Like this is, you know. <laughs> this isn't a fun game anymore. This is happening. It's you not like a fun it. game. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, it's cool. I just, um, I don't know. I feel like it's a different, like, world as well too. Yeah. I so agree. Yeah. There's, you, there's this portal that you access that I hadn't been able to access with men and it made me wonder, like, had it always been like that? And that's why it didn't work out with men because mm-hmm. I was seeking this thing that only a woman had, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, and their, their softness and their emotional understanding, like that was just mm-hmm. groundbreaking. I was like, Oh my God, when I tell them what I feel, they understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not like, what do you mean? Aliens stop. Ah. Literally, yes literally yeah. I just yeah and you can just say it and it's just like that conversation is just flowy isn't it whereas with a bloke love men you're all great but when you have a conversation with a bloke it's just like huh what are you talking like they're just like what do you mean like I don't know yeah whereas with it's women it's, energies, isn't it yeah, yeah but I think that's what I love about women is just that openness yeah yeah it's really beautiful. I think that um, I thought this the other day that tapping into that for me also brought this brand new appreciation for the men in my life for the gifts that they have because we're, we're all humans and we all have so mm-hmm. much in common. Like I really believe that men and women are so similar, but there are the little differences and it was just like this actual relief, like they're not trying to be a prick. They actually mm-hmm. just physically, no, I shouldn't say they, the, the people who I've dated. Sometimes the people who I had dated physically didn't understand what I was talking about. And that's mm-hmm. so okay because they're coming from that space of understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me be like, oh, my God, this masculine like <laughs> thing that they've got going is actually really lovely because I guess I felt fulfilled mm-hmm. as well with a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I love that that you said about the appreciation yeah. for men because yeah. I just feel like it, that has opened up a whole different thing for me too yeah. as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a different, the portal, yeah, it's... The portal, yeah. <laughs> the portal's been open and I'm yeah. like still just like, what is going on? But it feels so nice. Are you happy that, like, do you feel this new sense of happiness since you've, being like honest about it yeah new sense of happiness and just I don't know I am I just feel like I'm being super authentic within myself too and I'm just really I feel maybe a little bit more grounded just I don't know like it took me a lot to just open up to okay I maybe I like women more than what I'm leading on at the moment yeah um and then yeah once you open that portal there's no going back (laughs) It really isn't. <laughs> there, um, there's no going yeah, once back. Once you know, you know. 
Yeah. I, and I, I would like for years and years, I was kissing girls at parties and stuff and would come home and be like, huh, classic funny Tessa doing like funny Tessa things. And then one day I was like, oh, it's not funny. <laughs> it's like so great to kiss yeah. girls. Yeah. Which I think like it does bring, it's like peeling the um, layers off mm-hmm. and it just feels like you're taking a really heavy layer off even though like I was never shamed for who I was and I Mm. think most of my friends knew before I knew that I was into women, but it's like once Mm -hmm. I got there, I was like, Oh my God, it's a brand new thing I can be honest about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's just like opened up new avenues for me as well too. Um, Yeah. It's so, but yeah, same thing. I would do the same thing. I'd go and kiss girls and I'm like, Oh, so (laughs) much fun. And then, yeah, when I met my current partner, it was just, we met on a dating app and I was like, I'm just looking for a hookup. That's all I want. And she just laughed and was like, okay, we'll see how this goes then. And then next minute, I'm like, oh my God, you're deep in the feels. And I'd never really like had that strong connection. And I just was like, okay, let's deep dive a little bit with this. And um, yeah, once you know, you know. And I sort of said to her the other day, um, when we first started going out, I would like think about men and I'd be like, Oh, do I, or don't I like, I'm, I'm confused. And I got really confused yeah. with my sexuality yeah. just because it was like a fresh partnership and it was just, I don't know. And then I said to her this week, I was like, Oh, I just, I look at a boy now or a man and I'm like, he's attractive, but would I want to sleep with him? Mm, absolutely. No. Do I want any of that near me? No, thank you. I just don't have any like sexual attraction to men. Whereas when I look at a woman, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that it's just like, I don't know, like, you know, glitter just going <laughs> everywhere. And I'm just like, Oh my God, it's yeah, so they're, weird. They're just so beautiful. And that is why when people ask, you know, are you into women because a man fucked you up? I'm like, have you seen how beautiful women are? Like, yeah. no, it's not because I'm, it's got nothing to do with the man. They're just beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, like, I love it that you brought that up before, Alira. I think that's a big part of the process as well. When I, I can only speak from my experience, but when I came out, it's not, it doesn't just end there. Then there's a whole new world of learning where you just get more and more solid in exactly who you are. So mm-hmm. I came out and I don't know if other people feel like this, but I felt like I needed this label because I was mm-hmm. proud to be into women. So I was like, you know, I came out as bisexual and then I mm-hmm. had just only been interested with women for a long time. So I was like, oh, I'm, I think I'm a lesbian. And it was a big process to be like, I am falling in love with a soul and I don't need to Mm -hmm. define that. And I know a lot of other people aren't like that, but I think that was a big part of the learning process to actually feel comfortable in myself with that. And not it's, you Mm -hmm. know, it's a whole nother layer of, Oh, actually, even though I've come out, it still has nothing to do with your label of me. Mm -hmm. Yes. For myself. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you've learned a lot since you came out? Definitely. And I love that you've said that as well too, because exactly the same thing happened to me. I was like, I'm coming out and I'm bisexual, everybody. Like I love men and I love women. And then I just got to a point where I was like, Oh, maybe I'm like, maybe I'm like fully lesbian. Like, is this? And then I was like, Oh, I don't know. And then I was like, hang on a second. Like you can fall in love with an energy. Mm 
yeah not just a gender yep. so then it just came into my head that I was like yeah I'm attracted to women however I've fallen in love with an energy yeah a beautiful soul and exactly. that's it it wouldn't matter what their gender was I've just fallen in love with this person yeah 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 exactly right. so interesting that you say that yeah it's lovely to know it's a breath yeah of, like a sigh of relief to be like Oh, I actually feel like I was trying to define things because maybe everyone else needed a definition. But mm -hmm. once you feel it, like how you say you've fallen in love with Alex's soul, once you feel that, you don't need any answers to that. It's like I've got no. my answer. I'm in love with her soul. Exactly. Exactly that. Yes. Exciting for you too. Oh, my God. When I saw um, I was like, yes, girl, because you just like <laughs> – came out and I remember your post, you're like, hey, so people have been asking me, um, this is my girlfriend and this is happening, guys. Like, we're here, we're queer, we're doing it. Literally. So exciting. So good. And I yeah. thought, like, I was really reluctant to sort of share, I think because Alex has had really, like, tough experiences sort of coming out as gay and just sort of taking, not not so much that ownership, but just the people around her really needed to sort of, you know, get that under their skin that she loved women and that was it. Um, and I was like, okay, I need to be really conscious of this too. But mine was the polar opposite. And I'm so grateful for that because I said to my family, I like girls. And by the way, I've met someone who's a female. And they were like, I remember my dad. My dad was like, yeah, and? And I was like, oh. And he was like, he's like, well, what do you want me to say? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I was expecting like a really shit sort of response and he was like mate I couldn't care less who you ended up with as long as you're happy and that was the ripple effect from all my family they were like well, we don't really care like you do you at the end of the day and we'll be happy if you're happy and yeah same deal some um my close friends were all the same mm -hmm. I have just recently within the last week have had friends that I've realized that haven't even acknowledged me coming out my sexuality and haven't even acknowledged Alex and that's what I sort of ha am struggling with at the moment but yeah it's um it is tricky it is, it is tricky. tricky and this is the thing is that if it we aren't living in a world where it is nothing to mm -hmm. to come out about this and not even um I don't want to put too much emphasis on coming out, but to live the way that we want to live in mm -hmm. our world, it takes courage and bravery to do that. And I ideally, and it's such so beautiful when people mm -hmm. like, you know, love is love and mm -hmm. we just want you to be happy. And I love that people say that, but it's almost like some people come at it from the stance that, Oh, well, you know, like who gives a shit? Like we wouldn't acknowledge it if it was a guy or right. It's like, well, mm -hmm. we aren't living in that world though, where there is complete mm -hmm. equality. We aren't living in that world. So it still is mm -hmm. a bit, it's still important for me that you acknowledge that because mm -hmm. it's not just a casual affair. If we like, because otherwise no one would come out quotation. Marks. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so it's almost where people go the other way and, try and pin their lack of awareness or acknowledgement to oh well if we're all equal like you know why should I have to acknowledge it but mm -hmm. we are living in a world where we do still need to take care and celebrate diversity and celebrate exactly. these changes that people are making because they do take courage 
Exactly. A hundred percent. I've had multiple conversations with people about this um, because I joked and I said, well, how funny, like I'm an Aboriginal and I'm a woman and now I've come out as, you know, gay. Yeah. Shit. That's <laughs> like, that's a trifecta. Yeah, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Diverse as yeah. fuck. And I just wouldn't have it any other way because I just, like you said, me sort of celebrating who I am and what I'm about, I feel is important. And I just, I'm all about if people want to make, a, you know, a show and dance of this is who I am, then fuck do it. Like I will be your number one supporter. Exactly. hundred percent. Yeah. And we, if there is true equality, would we question straight people doing that? Or would we question Mm -hmm. uh, white people doing that? Or would we Mm -hmm. question, you know, all of those other things? Where they're like, well, why should they be able to do it? If we're living in this world of equality, Mm -hmm. that you're saying that we are and there are no injustices, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Exactly. Mm. Exactly that. (laughs) what are your next steps coming up in life like what are your next um I guess foreseeable challenges in the future or or goals yeah so I'm pretty open I'd love to um quit my day job Mm -hmm. because I'm still working a couple of days a week there um I haven't really set any goals for the future for once I just want to go with the flow because I just feel like sometimes we put these really high expectations on ourselves, and if we don't achieve them, then it's like, oh my God, like I'm a failure. So I'm just learning to go with the flow. And if things pop up, they pop up. And if I want to do things, I'm just going to do it. Like whatever. I just feel like I'm going to be a little bit more cruisy. Maybe that's a goal in itself, just being a little bit more cruisy. Yeah, to surrender. Yeah, and be okay with everything um, I think is important. So the world is my oyster and look out. So. Yeah, literally look out. Like if you watch this space already, then you know. Um, but if you don't watch this space, you probably need to because yeah. you're going down. <laughs> like, yeah, so who knows what the future will hold? I feel like it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be good and it's going to be great. So, mm-hmm. And my last question for today is what are you most proud of yourself for? Like 40 things mm. pop to mind for you, but I would love yes. to. <laughs> I think I'm always proud that I can 100% be who I am unapolog- mm. unapologetically. Like I just, yeah. I give no, like I don't care. If someone doesn't like me, well, I don't really care. Mm. I just get to be who I am and be completely authentic in that. Mm so freeing mm-hmm. yeah for anyone yeah. listening like give it a crack yeah and and see it pave the way for you too because if we be our true authentic selves like you would have realized alira there are people who stick around and there are people who get really freaked out and that's their mm-hmm. stuff um but wouldn't we want someone who who knows the real us and validates and supports the real us rather than our our mask for what we created hundred percent hundred percent oh my god you're gosh. such a queen thank you just so much i cannot thank you enough for showing up today and all of the other days that you do show up because thank you're doing you. such wonderful things alira and you're you're creating change which is something that a lot of people can say 
So thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, you're so nice. I'm just glad that you and I have connected and Mm. our paths seem to always come back, don't they? We're off doing our own thing and they come back. So I really like that. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm kind of picturing that like we'll be coming at the um, vodka raspberries from like a super um, (laughs) well-rounded, grounded way and we'll come up to the bar and just have this like twinkle in our eyes like we know we're coming at it from a really nice place now all in moderation absolutely and, yeah i know look out geelong <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> all right beautiful thank you so much and i'll talk to you really soon you're amazing thank you Thank you so much for tuning in today to create your life. It was a pleasure to have you here and a pleasure to have this conversation.